Hey, we're gonna jump right in to the message today. So can you guys grab your seats? We're gonna jump right in. If you have a Bible, we're gonna be in Genesis 27. So if you wanna pull it up on your app or you have a Bible, you can turn to Genesis 27 is where we'll be. And if your Bible glows, I'm gonna be reading out of the New Living Translation, so the NLT on your app. If you don't have a Bible, don't worry. It'll be behind me um, whenever I get there. But, you know, we've been in this series called No Series September. And Pastor Aaron's been talking about just different things, some standalone topics, you know, things like following Jesus with all we've got and, and what we wish we would have known before we got married. And today, I'm gonna wrap up that series. I'm gonna wrap up the series by talking about two brothers. One's name is Jacob and the other's name is Esau. And I wanna kind of give you kind of what's, what we're gonna jump into. So what's gonna happen in Genesis 27 is um, there's these two brothers and the dad has just blessed Jacob big time bless Jacob, like not the $5, like go to Chick-fil-A, like blessing, but like big time blessing, right? Jacob's like so pumped about it. The problem is that blessing is Esau's. That's the problem. And so um, what we're going to walk into is Esau has just walked into the room and he has seen, um, his, his goes in, he goes, dad, I'm ready for the blessing. And his dad says, wait, wait, your brother tricked me. Wait, I, I thought he was Esau, so I blessed him. And we pick up here um, in verse 37. It says, Isaac, which is the dad, he says to Esau, I have made Jacob, your brother, your master, and have declared that all of his brothers will be his servants. I have guaranteed him an abundance of grain and of wine, what is left for me to give to you. And I'm sure Esau sits there. He's like, dad, you gotta give me something. And the next verse, Esau's like, but dad, I just need one blessing. If you can give me just one blessing, I'll be, I'll be good. I promise, I just need something, right? And so um, in verse 39, Isaac turns to him, looks at his son and says, all right, this is what I got. You will live away from the richness of the earth and away from the dew of the heaven above. You will live by your sword and you will serve your brother. Now, if I'm Esau, um, I'm gonna say, dad, thanks, but no thanks. Like, I don't want to serve my brother. Um, I'm good without living by the sword. I'm good. I'm, thank you so much. I'm out, right? Like, that's what I would do. Um, but then his dad says something else. At the end of verse 40, he says, but when you decide to break free, you will shake his yoke from your neck. Can you turn to your neighbor and announce my title to them today? Say, hey, neighbor. Oh my gosh, you guys can do so much better. Like you guys got to sleep in this morning, right? So you guys get energy in this place. You got to be louder than 9.30, ready? Just say, hey, neighbor. Eh, it's all right. Say, neighbor, it's time to decide. Yeah, can you turn to your other neighbor? The one you've been afraid to talk to? The one that's maybe like, I don't know if I should talk to them. Turn to them and say, neighbor, it's time to decide. Can we pray one more time? God, I thank you just so much for who you are. And Lord, I thank you that you're in this place. And Lord, I thank you that um, what I share today, God, it comes from your heart. God, I pray that I decrease and you increase in this place and we leave changed. Not because of a message, not because of a band, but because of you. That we see you face to face and we walk out free. We, we decide that it is our time. And Lord, I thank you so much for taking LeBron to LA. Gotta ask you to surround him with more superstars. Somehow, some way, make the Warriors lose. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen, amen. Listen, we gotta pray. The season's coming up, right? So it's, it's we gotta pray. Hey, give it for the band. Didn't they do an awesome job today? 
Hey, thanks, Daniel. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Hey, you know, I got a question. How many guys in here are um, our only children? It's just you, right? All right, I'm sorry. How many of you guys in here, like, have siblings? All right, some of you have no idea. You're like, I don't know. Do I? Like, I don't know. So, okay, we'll, we'll figure that out later. But some of us who raise our hand and have siblings, we understand something. We understand that, like, maybe the people who don't have siblings, they might get more presents on Christmas. And they might get more money for their allowance. But there is one thing that they don't have. And that is, like, fighting with a sibling. Like, a, the good type of fight. You know what I'm talking about? Like, the fight that's like, oh, yes, that just makes you stronger. You know what I'm talking about? Like, some of them here are like, yes, that's made me who I am today. Right? And, you know, and um, to be honest with you, this is the context that we see in this scripture. These two brothers, man, they're actually twins. So all of their life, they've grown up going back and forth. All of their life, they've been kind of arguing. You know, all of their life, they've been at each other. And the parents are always stuck in the middle. And I feel for them. Because, like, when I was growing up, my brother and I, we would always, like, we got along for the most part. But then it was time to play basketball. No more getting along. We would go outside and, like, we would, like, start as, like, let's play basketball. Like, it's a good family game of horse. We're like, hey, you want to play some one-on-one? Um, and then inevitably, one of us would drive a little bit too hard. Um, one of us would check the ball a little bit with too much force. You know, you guys know what I'm talking about. And then someone would end up saying, this is World War III. It's on. You're going down. Like, it would just it'd be bad. And my mom would always be stuck in the middle. Like, I feel for Jacob and Esau's parents because I understand. I get it. I get what they're going through. And what ends up happening in the story is we picked up right in the middle. Like, there's a lot that's going to happen to them. And there's a lot that's already happened to them. And the reason I picked up there is because their dad is talking to Esau and he gives this statement that I think echoes to us today. Is that when you decide to break free, you will. But when you decide. And, and could it be that our freedom is really more on us than it is on God? Could it be that God's already done everything he needs to do to set us free? Could it be that he, he's done it all and it's our turn to decide? That, that may be just potentially that the very breakthrough you've been believing for is actually hanging on your decision to break free. Maybe, maybe it's on you. And today, I wanna, I wanna look at this. I wanna look at the scripture and I wanna give us four things, four things that dictate our freedom. Now, don't worry, we won't be here any longer. I know it's one more than Pastor Aaron, right? But like, we will be here just in the right amount of time. And for the next 35 minutes, we're gonna look at the story of Jacob and Esau. We're gonna go through their entire life and we're gonna see four things that dictate your freedom. And for things that like we can decide today to change and will change the outcome. It will change what we're, what we're looking for. And you know, what's crazy to me is that a lot of us, myself included, we come into church and we sing like, I'm free. I'm so excited. And we're pumped about like, you know, I'm free. But are we really? Like, cause, you know, it's one thing to say like, yeah, I'm definitely not free. But it's another to be like, I'm free. But like, are you really free? Are you really living the life that God called you to live? Are you really free? Because you can say you're free, but then you can be enslaved to your thinking. You can come into church and be like, I'm free, and walk out and be like, I hate my life. And I think that these decisions that we're gonna talk about today really help that, can really dictate our freedom. And the first one I want you to write down is this, the first thing that dictates our freedom is comparison. It's comparison. Now, let me be honest, these brothers, even though they're twins, they are drastically different. Like, like drastically, drastically different. And, you know, the Bible tells us in Genesis 25 and verse 27, it says this, that as the boys grew up, 
Esau became a skillful hunter, right? Skillful hunter. Um, and, you know, he was able to do all this amazing things outdoors. And it says Jacob, he preferred, like, staying indoors. He decided, eh, I'm a little bit quiet tempered. Now, listen, you know what this scripture really means? It means that Esau, he loved Cabela's. Jacob loves skinny jeans. Like, that's basically what's going on here. And everyone's, like, looking for the band and trying to find people with skinny jeans on right now. Like, what's happening? Like, that's what's happening, right? Like, it's Esau and Jacob. They're drastically different, drastically. And yet we find them in the early stages of their life. Esau has just come back from a failed hunt. Right, so he's out trying to get food, and he comes back from a failed hunt. And he comes in, he sits down at the table, and I can imagine him, like, throwing his bow down and being so mad. Like, man, today was awful. It was terrible. And Jacob's over in the kitchen, like, he's stirring this bowl of beans. That's what's happening. I'm, I'm not making this up. You can read it. And he's, like, stirring this bowl of beans. And I can imagine that, like, Esau's like, I'm so hungry. Like, you know the hungry, like when your kids come home hungry, like, I'm starving. They didn't feed me all day at school. I'm hungry. Like that type of hungry. And like, he's hungry. And Jacob turns and is like, hmm, I see some, I see what, yep. Mm -hmm. Hey, Esau, a question. Would you like to trade your birthright for my beans? Now, let me explain. A birthright back then, when you were born first, it was a big deal. Because not only did you like get special privileges because you were the firstborn, but you also got a double portion of the inheritance, right? So like, that's a big deal, right? And so Jacob is like, hey, I mean, I know you're hungry and all, but what if I traded you your birthright for my beans? Terrible deal, okay? If anyone ever offers you beans for your birthright, just say no. And um, what ends up happening is Esau's like, yeah, I'm starving. Like what good's a birthright if I die here, right? Like I'm sure he wasn't starving. And so they switch and they trade. That's crazy to me. And the Bible tells us that Esau, what ended up happening is he ate, he drank, he got up and despised his birthright. And I think that's a picture of a lot of us sometimes. We walk into church and if we look at church like a meal, we come in and we hear the word and we, and we get involved in worship, we get to eat, we drink, we get up and we walk out saying, I still hate my life. Why? Because even in church, we're still comparing to someone else. That here, we're still looking at someone and saying, but they got their healing. I've been believing this forever. Wait, they got a new truck. My truck is older than they are. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, right? And you're like, what is happening? Like, God, are you even there? And like, we compare our lives back and forth. And what ends up happening is comparison, it will entrap you. You, you won't get out. Like, you want to break free, but you can't. And can I tell you something? Comparison will always leave you hungry. Always. It will leave you hungry. You will eat from that bowl and walk away saying, I need more. And because here's the reason why is comparison turns us into performers. All right. So we compare our lives to someone and then we want to be like them. So I start acting like them, dressing like them, talking like them, tweeting like them. And all of a sudden, my life looks different. All of a sudden, I'm not, I don't even know who I am. And you know what's crazy is that a really good performer like a really good actor, you can't tell the difference between who they are and the part that they play. Like, you know, like for me, I really do believe that Chris Pratt raises raptors. And like, some of you guys like, listen, it's a Jurassic World quote, watch the movie, it's a great movie. Okay, so, um, so I really do believe that he raises raptors. And uh, not really, I promise, okay. You guys are so confused at me right now. But like, um, you know, I really do believe that. Because why? His role, man, I can't tell like who's Chris Pratt and who's raising raptors. I can't tell a difference. 
Like I can't, I can't see the difference because he's so good at what he does. And what happens is when we, when we compare our lives, we become so good at being someone else that we don't even know who we are. That God, we're like, God, where are you at? And God's like, God's like, where are you at? I don't even see you anymore. Like you're just acting like them and talking like them and trying to be like them because you want their life. Well, I have a life for you. And you're stuck in comparison and it will keep you from breaking free. It will, it will keep you from breaking free. You will want to break free, but you can't because you're comparing to someone else. And so time goes by in the story and these, these brothers are trapped in comparison. Like they've traded their birthright for beans and they're just walking around. And here, can I just say this really quick? Cause maybe you're like, that's great, Pastor Devin. But like the last time I checked, I'm not trading beans for anything. Okay, fair, fair. But um, maybe you're trading, you're calling for a comment. Maybe you're taking what you're called to do and trading it for something to get approval from someone else. That maybe you like, because here's what I know. Comparison will always take what you want most and trade it for what you want now. You'll trade what you want most for what you want now. And what you want most is just a memory with your kids and to take a picture and be like, oh, I just love it. Just, I want them to be happy. And what you end up doing is trading it for 45 minutes of arguing because your picture is not good enough for Instagram. Like, you know what I'm talking about. And like what ends up happening is that we're like, what happened to that day? What happened to that day was you're more concerned about some random dude in Vermont liking your picture on Instagram than just your family saying, I had a great day. Kind of just like live the moment, like, right? Like just stop comparing your life. Or you're like, okay, that's, that's fair, but I'm not on Instagram. I'm not like, I'm not doing this. Okay, that's great. I would say, what if you want God to move in you like never before? That's what you want. But you trade what you want most for what I want now. And that's sleeping in, watching ESPN in my free time instead of spending five minutes with God. And I trade it because I'm comparing my life and I just wanna, I wanna, I wanna perform and I've got this mask on. God can't bless the mask can't do it. And so time goes by and these boys are stuck in this comparison game, right? And what ends up happening, it's crazy, okay? So one day their dad's like, hey, um, I'm not, I don't know how long I'm going to be around. Um, why don't Esau, why don't you go out, kill something? We'll make my favorite meal. We'll have a dinner together and then I'll bless you. And so he tells Esau that. Esau goes out. Well, Jacob's mom overhears this, okay? So Jacob's mom runs like, Jacob, you got, we got to go, come on. And we, they run to the kitchen and she's like, listen, this is what's going to happen. You go get two of our goats, like our pet goats, you know, the ones I bought for you when you were a kid, go get them. We're going to kill them. And then we're going to um, cook them, right? Everyone's like, is that funny? Yeah, it's funny. And so they kill them and we're going to cook them, all right? And we're going to make your dad's favorite meal. And then here's what you're going to do. You're going to walk in. Your dad's blind. He can't, he doesn't know who you are. You walk in and we'll trick him and he'll think you're Esau. And Jacob's like, but um, mom, great plan and all. Esau's really, really hairy. Yeah, weird, right? And so um, she's like, I got it. We'll take the goat skins and put them on your arm. So when your dad touches you, he'll think it's Esau. Time out. How hairy was Esau? Like how, like, think about that. Like, mm -hmm. how hairy was this man that a goat was like, yeah, that, that equals your brother. Awesome, let's do this. And like, that's gross. That's just like Bigfoot for a brother, right? And so like, here's what ends up happening is like, this happens. Puts the goat skins on, puts Esau's clothes on so the dad can smell him. He goes into his, and he's like, hey, um, dad, I got, I got the meal. He's like, are you Jacob? No, 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 dad, I'm Esau. Like feel, hair, Esau. All right, cool. So they eat together. And then he's like, hey, can I, can I just smell your clothes real quick? I just, wanna, I just don't believe, are you, are you really Esau? He's like, 
here. And they smell Esau's clothes. Like, it must be Esau. And so he blesses Jacob. And what's crazy is Esau comes back, Jacob leaves, and Esau walks in. That's where he picked up. And can I ask you this question? When you're just doing what the father asks you to do, you're just out on the hunt, doing exactly what he calls you to do, and someone else gets your blessing, how do you respond? Because comparison will keep you trapped, but so will your level of persistence. So, uh, so how, how, how persistent are you? Are you gonna keep going with what God called you to do? Or are you gonna say, it worked for them, not for me, I'm done. Like, like I've been believing for healing. This person walks in, gets saved, gets healed, gets blessed. And I'm over here like, God, I've been in the same seat for 25 years. Like, I don't understand. Like, what, what are you doing? Are you gonna walk out and quit? Or are you gonna say, I'm gonna stick with this. I'm gonna keep doing what God called me to do. Can I keep doing it even if it doesn't seem like it's working? Can you keep going? Can you keep coming to church even when it seems like it's not working? Can you keep believing for healing when the doctor says it got worse? Can you trust God? Or are you like, ah, I don't know. I, God, I don't, I don't know. And like, there's this level of persistence that keeps us going. Because here's what I know, that if we don't quit, we win. That if we don't stop, we win. Galatians says that in due time, if you do not quit, you will get the good harvest. What's the only prerequisite for that? Don't quit. That's it. Just don't quit. If you don't quit, you win. Like, how simple is that? Just follow God. Do what he said to do. Michael Todd said something, and it changed my life. It's one of the best pieces of advice I've ever got. I wrote it down. I've memorized it. It's amazing. Listen, do the last thing God told you to do and spend time in his presence. If you do that, you're good. Do the last thing God told you to do and spend time in his presence. And I promise you, it will all be okay. You'll keep moving. You'll keep walking forward. And so what ends up happening is Esau has this decision to make. Is he going to stay persistent? Is he going to stay, I'm going to do what the father told me to do, or am I going to walk away? And it's crazy because his dad sees this. He sees this like battle in him. And so he goes up and he's like, hey, I know you want a blessing. And so they go back and forth and Esau asks for the blessing. And so Isaac's like, ah, I got something. He blesses him and says, but when you decide to break free, you will. And you know what that shows me is that comparison, it keeps you from being free. That your level of persistence, will you keep going even if it doesn't seem like it's working? It keeps you from breaking free. But listen, so does your level of forgiveness. Like your level of forgiveness will determine the level of blessing that you walk in. It will. You know, his dad looks at Esau and sees that he's like, he understands like, listen, your brother did you wrong. Your brother traded your, your, a bowl of beans for his birthright. Your brother has tricked me into believing that you, that we were the opposite and I blessed him. I get it. Your brother was wrong, but you gotta let it go. He said, it's time to decide it's time to decide right now that until you hold, let go of what you're holding on to, you will not break free. You can ask for it. You can believe for it. You can say, God, I need it. And he's like, but I can't get it to you. I can't do it. Listen, here's what I know, is that forgiveness can be hard because I'm not downplaying that what they did to you was, was right. It's probably wrong. I'm not downplaying that like it doesn't hurt. Because it, it does. But what I am saying is that consistent forgiveness leads to freedom. That waking up every single day, and if it hits you every single morning, every single morning you say, I choose to let it go. 
I choose to not hold on to this. I choose to forgive. And you see, here's the thing, is that Isaac is talking and he sees this surface level forgiveness. The ones we all like to deal with, right? The ones that we know, like, yeah, I need to forgive my wife for like talking to me like that because like she was just kind of mad. She was a little bit hangry. I need to get her food. I get it, right? Like I need to forgive that. Or like, I need to forgive this, this is surface level thing. Like I see it, I'm, I'm good, I'll, I'll forgive that. But what, what Isaac did not know was that there was something deeper that Esau had to let go of. And see, in Genesis uh, 25, 28, it tells us what this was. They're gonna put this on the screen. It says that Isaac, he loved Esau. But Rebecca, the mom, loved Jacob. I don't know about you, but if I grew up with two parents in the house that one loved my brother, but didn't like me, that would bother me. That would get in me. There would be something in, in me that like I needed, I was holding on to most of my life. And here's what I want you to know is that there's surface level forgiveness, but there's also those deep things in our lives that we need to find and we need to let go of. We can't hold on to them. I'm not saying that it was right, but I am saying it's important for you to let it go. It's important for you to say, I'm not gonna hold on to this because here's what I know. When you hold on to it, God can't get you what you need. Hey, Jaron, can I borrow you? If you guys could see her face when I asked that question, you guys would all laugh. Yeah, you gotta come up here. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I wanna explain this because I think some of us are like, I'm good. I don't need to forgive. Like I've got my, I'm, I'm good, Pastor Devin. Thanks for the information. Good to go. But like, I think there's so much more to this. Like, you know, this, these represent unforgiveness. Yeah, hold them in your hands like that. Perfect. Okay. And so what this represents in our lives is that like, we have something that we're holding on to. And you know what's crazy is that you can be so comfortable in discomfort that you don't even know it. Like you could be so comfortable holding on to something that someone did to you years ago and you don't even know you still have it in you. And then God's like, okay, I'm gonna bring you blessing. Okay, catch this. Yes, catch this without dropping those. Good job. I didn't think she was gonna do it. Okay, so don't worry, I got more. Um, so God's like, more. And here's what I know, is that some of us are fine with that. You know why? Well, I've got my unforgiveness in one hand. I caught my freedom. Listen, um, I don't know about you, but like I've never seen anyone get set free from everything they've ever needed in one moment. Now I'm not saying God can't set you free from something in a moment, but like I'm not saying, I'm, I do believe that like sometimes in life we gotta walk things out. Why? Because freedom comes in pieces is that if, we, if God gave us everything we needed right now, why would we need God? We gotta trust him. We gotta keep walking. We gotta grab what he gives us and say, right, this is enough. I'm gonna walk. And God's like, awesome, I've got more. And so he throws it. And it's a little more difficult to catch. And then God's like, hey, I've got more blessing. And so he keeps throwing it. And he says, I've got more. Don't let go of that unforgiveness, right? Okay, so it's a little difficult. And then God says, I've got more. Now, everything in me wants to like throw this as hard as I can at Jaron and see what happens. I really want to so bad, but I'm not going to. But here's what I know is that we hold on to all of this stuff. And then God's like, I've got blessing. Like a lot of it. Like, like the freedom you've been believing, believing for, it's right here. Like, like that breakthrough, right here. That healing, right here. Like it's right here. And God says, now if I throw this, she might catch it. I'm gonna go with no, but she might catch it. And here's what I know, 
is that God's not going to throw it if he's not sure you're going to catch it. Because he's like, hey, I've got breakthrough here, and I want to get it to you with everything I've got. But if I throw it, I don't know what's going to happen because you haven't let it go. You're still holding on to that grudge of that person in high school who doesn't even remember your name. You think about high school and you're like, oh, that girl. I can't believe she did that. And she's like, she doesn't even know who you are. And it's affecting your walk with God. It's affecting who you are. Or like, or maybe, maybe it's deeper. And I get it. Maybe it's deeper. Maybe you're like, I'm kind of, to be honest with you, Pastor Devin, I'm kind of mad at God. Like when I needed him most, I didn't feel him. And can I tell you, just because you didn't feel him does not mean he was not there. So don't question that. Your feelings are not faith, right? And so here's what I know is we hold on to these things and it's difficult to catch the blessing. But watch this, Jaron, let all that go. It's a lot easier to catch when you let go. And when God's throwing you a blessing, you got to let it go so you can catch. And if you let it go, you will break free. It is time to decide to let go. It is time to decide to say, I'm not going to hold on to that bitterness. I'm not going to hold on to that offense. It is time for me to break free. Thank you, Jaron. It is time for me to break free. And here's what I know is that so many of us, we haven't decided. We haven't decided that we're trying so hard to do what God called us to do. We're trying so hard to be who God called us to be. And we're holding on to all of this stuff. And what I know is God's looking at you and saying, if you just let go, you'll be amazed. If you just let go and trust me, you will be amazed. And that's what Isaac was telling his son. He was saying, hey, you gotta let go. Because when you decide to do it, you'll break free, but your freedom hangs on your ability to let go. It's why it hangs on your ability to say, I'm not gonna hold on to this anymore. And like, we could stop there, right? I'm not gonna compare, right? I'm gonna keep going, I'm gonna forgive. And I think those are all great, but I think there's one more thing that was major in their life. I think there was one more thing that was, that was a big deal that dictates our freedom and their freedom. And we find it in Genesis 32. Now let me set up what's happening. So time has passed, like a lot of time. Um, Jacob is here and he's, he's left his country to go somewhere else. He's left his hometown because, I mean, when your brother can hunt and you all you know how to do is make beans, you got to run, right? And so he's out. And so um, he's on the run. He's cheated his way into getting married, right? Like, like that's the way you want to get proposed to. He cheated his way and to get married. He has a few wives, totally different sermon. We'll talk about that later. And now here he is by himself in this camp. And it says this, as during the night, Jacob gets up and took his two wives and his two servant wives and his 11 sons and crossed the Jabbok River with them. After taking them to the other side, he sent all of his possessions over. So this left Jacob all alone in the camp. Now let me explain what's going on. God told Jacob, you need to go home. You need to go back to where you came. You gotta go back. And Jacob, I'm sure, is nervous. Like, God, I left there because, like, my brother was going to try to kill me. Like, can I, can I go back? And here he is. He sends all, all of his stuff to the other side, and he is here by himself because sometimes your breakthrough happens when you are alone with God. Sometimes that it's great to be in community, and we need to be in groups, and we need, we need this. Absolutely, we need that. But sometimes we got to turn our phone off. Sometimes we got to like get by ourselves with Jesus and say, I need to hear from you. Like, it's great to hear from people, 
but I need to hear from you, God, because only your words will change everything. Only I, I, need, I need to hear from you. And so Jacob is here and he's by himself in this moment. And the Bible gets crazy. A man came and wrestled with him. Like how weird. In the middle of the night, Jacob, like seriously, when you think about it, that's weird. He's like, he sends his family across. In the middle of the night, this random guy comes and is like, hey, let's wrestle and starts wrestling with him. That's, that's weird, right? And then it goes this, you can go. So then, then next verse. So when the man saw that he would not win the match, so he's, he's wrestling with Jacob. He sees that he's not gonna win. He says, he touches Jacob's hip and he wrenched it off socket, next verse. And then the man said, let me go because dawn's coming, I gotta go. And uh, Jacob is like this, he says, I will not let you go until you bless me. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna let you go until you bless me. And then the man turns and says this naturally, well, I can't bless you if I don't know your name. Right? Like I can't really like give a blessing if I don't know who you are, so what's your name? And he replies, Jacob. Did you see it? That's the first time he's owned up to who he is. That's the first time where he said, no dad, I'm not Jacob, I'm Esau. It's the first time he said, hey, I'm not gonna trick my, my way into marrying this one. No, nope, I'm, I'm Jacob. I'm Jacob. Like, this is all I've got. Like, this, this is it. I'm just, just call me Jacob. It's all, it's all I've got. And so the man says this, you're no longer gonna be Jacob. I'm gonna change your name to Israel because you, you wrestled with God and with man and you won. And you know what's crazy to me is that comparison will keep us from breaking free. Persistence will keep us from breaking free. Unforgiveness will keep us. But most importantly, identity will keep us from breaking free. That when we don't know who we are, we cannot ask God to bless us. Like we don't know who we are. We're, we're confused and we're like, man, God, who do you say that I am? I'm trying to live out this life and I'm trying to do my own thing. And like, I don't, I don't understand. Like God, like, and God's like, hey, you gotta, you gotta see who I am. Be in church, read the word, see what I say about you. See what I have to say, because what I say is a lot different than what culture has to say about you. And you know what's crazy is we, we find ourselves comparing, not because we want to, but maybe just maybe it's because deep down, we question like, like, am I really made in God's image? Like, like I see their, their life's awesome. My life's not so great. And we question our identity with God. And so we compare, we're like, we, we stop too soon. We're not persistent enough. We don't keep going, not because we wanna quit, but because we're confused about who we're doing it for. We're confused that we're living this life for God. That it's not for the people in our lives. That we're living this life for one. Or like, we, we don't just do that, but we don't forgive. Because like, we're confused sometimes at like how much we've been forgiven of. That we wanna forgive, but we're like, man, like they've did me wrong. Like God forgave all of your sins before you even knew him. When you think about that, it like blows your mind. Like he's forgiven us of everything. Who are we to hold on to anything? And so God's like, hey, find your true identity. Who are you? Are you Esau or are you Jacob? Because when you're, when you're honest with God, God's like, okay, I can do something with that. When you're honest, like, this is all I've got. God, like, I don't have much. And God's like, perfect, that's all you need. Just, that, just that's perfect. 
And what I wanna encourage you today is find out who you are. Decide that it is time to look and say, God, I am who you say I am. I'm not gonna sit back and say, I'm not enough. No, no, the Bible says I am enough. I'm the head and not the tail. I am more than the conqueror. And what's in me is greater than what's in the world. What's in me is bigger than what I'm facing. That if God called me to it, he will see me through it. That I'm not gonna stop short. I'm gonna keep walking until God tells me to stop. I'm not going to quit. I'm gonna be who God called me to be. And here's the, here's the thing. It's your choice. God's done everything he needs to do. But it's our choice. Are we going to break free? Are we gonna say, I wanna be who you've called me to be? Because here's what I know, is that when, you're, when you find your identity in God, it changes everything. Like it changed his name, completely changed his name. We see that happen all the time. Like, like Peter, his name, you, know, you might know Peter, like he walked on water, right? Peter is there, one of God's, like followed Jesus everywhere. His original name was Simon. It meant like flaky. That's what it meant. And then he, then God one day comes up and Jesus is like, hey, um, Simon, like, who do you say that I am? And here's the thing. When you know your identity with God and you get in a relationship with God, it changes everything. Because Simon's like, well, you're Jesus. You're like the son of God. Like, I mean, you're here to save the whole world. He's like, boom, I can do something with that. Your name's no longer Simon. Your name is Peter, which means rock. I'm not, you're no longer going to be that. You're no longer going to be flaky. You're no longer going to be someone who's just like, mm, maybe, no, no, no. You're going to be a rock. Because when you know your identity, you can stand strong. When you know who you are, you can move through culture and you can influence culture instead of being someone who culture just kind of influences you. You can be someone who like makes a difference because you know who you are. But here's, my, here's what I need to say. It is up to you. It's up to you. It's your time to decide. It is. It's your time to decide. And I wanna wrap up by saying this that some of us, we don't decide. Not because we don't want to. Not because you're not sitting here right now saying, I want to decide. But everything in you says, you're not enough. You're not enough. You're, like, you think you're a good mom? You don't even have a mom. What do you know about being a mom? You're not enough. And you're like, I'm not enough. I can't decide. Or like, man, you're in college right now. You're trying to figure out what you're doing. And like, you've like made, you changed your, your major like 45,000 times. And you're like, oh God, I just need help. Like, and you run to everywhere and everything's saying, what can I do with my life? I don't know. Like putting polls on Instagram being like, what should I do? I don't know. And here's the thing. You are enough. Don't, don't question that. Don't question if like, am I enough to do what God called me to do? Like, I don't have the money to get that degree. Okay, that, that wasn't a question. God said, I want you to do this. I'll provide everything else. You just take a step. Like you are enough. You're enough just as you are. God's like, I see you. And yeah, there are things you need to work on. Yeah, there's things you need to change, but you are enough. And you know what's insane to me is that years go by, a lot of them. And we find a guy named Moses. And here he is at a burning bush. And he's, he, it's God in form of this fire. And he comes over and God's talking to him. And he's like, who are you? This is Moses talking to the bush. Who are you? And God responds back. I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac. And I would think he would say Israel. He's the God of Jacob. Because here's what I know, you are enough. Yeah, you might have issues. Yeah, you might have problems. Yeah, there might be things you need to trust God on and keep moving forward in. But God's like, hey, you don't have to change for me to love you. 
You don't have to change for me to use you. Yeah, I will pick you right where you're at. I will help you get your feet and we're gonna keep moving. We're gonna keep going. Like you are enough, but it is time to decide. It is time to decide that I'm going to break free. It is time to decide that I'm not gonna stay there any longer. It is time to decide that I'm not gonna come to church every single week and question like, who am I? No, no, I, it is time to break free. And I, I, I believe this with all of my heart. When I was preparing this, God told me, there are people who are gonna break free, but it's up to them. You preach it and let them decide. So I want you guys to decide. I wanna pray for you guys, can we all stand?